drink it in, man. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! 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 Drink it in, man. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Touch, touch, touchdown, Detroit Lions! Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. What's going on, everybody? I'm your host, Derek Oakery, right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, serving up that Detroit Kool-Aid and cornbread. Talking lions with you all day, every day. Drink it in, man. Cornbread, cornbread. And th there's so much to talk about. Uh, I'm going to go solo on this show. Just want to talk some ball, get into some different topics. And uh, let, let's just get right into it. Let's get into this uh, Thanksgiving Day game. Before we do that, I want to do a little something here for the people. And the people consist of the millions. And that's simply remind everybody uh, simply this. Hey, listen, Ohio State sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Ohio State is vanquished. I, I just want to get that off the top. A little go blue. Uh, my Michigan Wolverines took care of business. And, and I'm glad they did because after this Thursday Thanksgiving Day Lions game, I came out of that game like encouraged, uh, liked what I saw, and so annoyed. <laughs> you won't never believe it. Like, it, let's, let's start it out with this. So. Any of you guys that know me know I care unconditionally about my grandparents, two of the best people you would ever want to meet, love them to death, do anything for them, right? My grandpa, he's never liked sports, really. He he barely pays attention, you know, at times. So ask me what I'm up to because he knows I'm always doing work in sports. I'm always doing, um, you know, I love sports. I always am into all the games, all that stuff. So sometimes he'll ask, but... I mean, he's not a football guy. He doesn't, you know, um, not really clued into anything other than what he might catch on the news. But uh, he, he was asking me about this. I, I was lucky enough to be able to have a a nice Thanksgiving dinner with them um, before the big game. And uh, the thing I told him was, you know, this goes to my family, too. All my family members, man, they love to hate on the Lions. They just make fun of them, you know. If they're doing great, I mean, if they're winning three, four in a row, or they, won't, you know, have playoff chances, I mean, they got all their gear on. But all the other times, you know, taking little cheap shots, saying how they never win. I think my Uncle Dean, before this game, said they had about a, an 18% chance of winning this ball game based on what he saw on ESPN or whatever. And, you know, it just goes on and on. So th that, that gets frustrating frustrating you know so it's they all know that's my passion that's my team and they kind of just take these little shots at it but it is what it is I just sort of enjoy it steer clear of all that and then don't give it much credence when they're saying go Lions they're all pumped up it's like oh yeah you're, same people that are making fun of it so anyway my grandpa's asking me about this Thanksgiving game what I think or what might happen and I was like grandpa here's the thing the Buffalo Bills are a tremendous football team I mean 
great on offense, tremendous quarterback, playmakers on defense. You know, I just told him, I was like, I want to win every game. Don't get me wrong. But I was going into this game, national stage. They won three in a row. Uh, you know, what What I really wanted, I told him, was I just want the Lions to play tough, man. If they come in there and, and they play this team tough for four quarters, we'll see what happens at the end. Either way, I, I'd be okay with it, right? And he was like, oh, yeah, okay. And I was like, you know, there there is a chance. You know, I told him the Lions are playing good right now, but there is a chance this could get ugly based on who they're playing and, and the fact that they've won three ball games and, you know, different scenarios and situations we're setting up based on our injuries and whatnot, that this could be a really tough and hopefully not ugly ball game. We've seen them on Thanksgiving where they're down 21 at half or, you know, the other team puts up 40 and they put up less than 20, you know, those ugly football games. So that was the last thing I wanted, but I, I didn't go into this game conceding victory. I didn't think, oh, we can't win. Um, so, you know, I was, I was just torn on a lot of different levels as you can imagine, but uh, you know, uh, at the end of the day, my grandpa, you know, was hoping it would be a good game for me. Uh, you know, I told him how big the Michigan game was on Saturday, and that's the one I really wanted, and I got it. Um, so, so that was incredible. That that was definitely an all-or-nothing, gotta have it, everything on the line type ball game. This one for the Lions, I mean, they played solid just like I hoped. They really did. Like from the minute go, we're not only in this game. I feel like we were taking it to the Buffalo Bills. We were up. We were scoring. We were making plays on defense. We were not letting get us, ourselves get carved up by the Steph Diggs, Josh Allen combo, um, you know, things like that. So I, I, I loved everything I saw throughout this ball game. I thought it was exactly what you wanted. Other than the ending, which I'll get to in a minute. So I think anybody, Lions fan, diehard, hater, person that likes to take shots, somebody that just liked the Lions because they had done well the past few weeks. I mean, I feel like everybody had to somewhat enjoy this ball game the way they played while they're having their turkey, their stuffing, mashed potatoes, uh, pumpkin pie, all the good things that uh, that you would have on a Thanksgiving day. I feel like... You know, it, it was one you could not only be proud of, but it was a pretty fun ball game to watch, I, I felt like, from top to bottom. Um, James Houston? Hello? <laughs> Rookie six-round pick? I mean, he, he's the problem. And, and I mean that in a good way. That's his nickname, Houston. We have a problem. Houston is the problem. Houston might be a problem for a lot of other teams. I mean, gosh, guy played five snaps, two sacks, fumble recovery. Um, really liked what we saw from the rookie. And that's what I wanted to see from Houston was pass rush. You know, I, they had, had him at a stack linebacker. I mean, this is a thick football player with bend that can get after the quarterback. And that's exactly what they did was let him get after the QB, which I love to see that kind of came out of nowhere. Um, you know, th throughout the game, l let me just pull up some of these stats real quick. Um, can drink some of those in. I mean, to me, this was a this was another very solid game by Chops' favorite quarterback, Jared Goff. <laughs> 23 for 37, 240 yards, two tugs. I mean... That's he, he just played quality throughout the game when you're talking about making throws, making plays, moving sticks, you know, getting getting us in the end zone when we needed to, except the end, which I'll get to in a moment. <laughs> uh, you know, Jamal Williams found the end zone again, which is a common occurrence. It, it happens every game. A.R.S.B. or 
aka Amon Ra <laughs> or Saint Bree, whatever you want to call him. Saint Brown nine for one twenty-two and a tug. And, and and here's something you're probably not surprised by either. I was playing against him in multiple fantasy leagues. He absolutely killed me. I may have a rant on that later as well. Um you know, St. Brown is just, he keeps coming up in my little uh, synopsis where I put out on Twitter. You guys can find me at Derek Oakley where I'm just like, I try to just summarize, you know, on a Monday morning, usually the game in bullet points, you know, use up all those Twitter characters, hit you with all my hashtags. Like I like to do to uh, do cheap plugs for the show um, and, and try to get the show out there. And, and it always, there's always a, a bullet about St. Brown. He's so good in every area. I love this player. And I liked it when they drafted him. I thought it was good value. He's exceeded expectations and uh, just so damn solid. I, I, love, I love this guy a lot. He showed up big again. I mean, just looking at the score sheet, I mean, 17-14 at half, only down three points, um, you know, like I said, I still felt like the Lions were basically the better football team. Then Buffalo, you know, ends up uh, getting that safety early in the third quarter. Again, Lions don't really start out third quarter the way you'd hope. Uh, you don't go down and get points. You end up giving up this safety. Uh, you know, one of Jared Goss very kind of bad plays. Of course, you can blame the offensive line, but he just moved a couple steps and then crumpled, you know, um, and got the safety so that that was no good but sure enough in the fourth quarter i mean the the touchdown pass to d j chark go dj that's my dj go dj yeah i mean that that was special and the reason that was great is jared goff i mean that was probably his third fourth read on the play came backside fired the ball i mean how many times have you guys heard me say on this show, he can't throw? Um, yeah, Jared Goff threw a laser beam right on the money. DJ, that's my DJ, snatched this with Velcro gloves for a touchdown to put the Lions up 22 to 19. Um, kind of early on there in the fourth quarter. I absolutely love to see that. that. That was tremendous. The Lions basically kept that lead all the way till two minutes left in the ball game. Uh, you know, where they let the Bills come down on a 14-play, 90-yard drive, six minutes off the clock. Sure enough, they get an easy slant touchdown to Steph Diggs. I mean, those are the ones that frustrate me, where it's just so simple. The guy just walks in on us, puts him up 25-22, and this is where it gets dicey. This is what you guys want to hear from me. So, you know, the third and one play... There's just so many things to get into here. First of all, you know, the way they kind of were managing the clock, I don't understand because you're kind of just, you got timeouts in your back pocket, yet they let tons of time come off. You were barely at midfield. Like, you know, I, I know like 45 minute 10 is a lot of times to for good offenses or for most teams. But if you're not at midfield and you're just letting 20 seconds kick off when you have timeouts, that doesn't make much sense to me. Then it's just so frustrating to see a DeAndre Swift. I think they ran it on second and seven or whatever it was, and he picks up six yard, you know, one yard shy, and now you gotta you gotta figure out what you're gonna do. Or 
or was this the St. Brown play before that? I, I can't. DeAndre Swift had a couple shaky plays in this game. He fell short of the goal line once. He fell short of the sticks where he tripped over his own feet. He had a ball he should have caught that he would have been on the one-yard line. He caught it, didn't tuck it away. The guy knocked it out. That hurt us. I mean, just does not look confident. They're barely using him again. Like, wh- where was DeAndre on the stat sheet? Five carries, 19 yards, four catches for 24 yards. Like, that just doesn't get it done for a player of his c- capabilities. And I almost don't even want to blame the player. He can't get in a groove. You're just using him so sparingly. It's like he's a practice squad guy you called up, or he's a guy that you use in, in random situations. This is DeAndre Swift, a talented back in all areas, a high second-round pick. Get him out there, especially because he's been practicing at full for weeks now. Stop babying this guy and use him like the talent he is. And if you don't like him, if he's if he's not happy, if you don't like him as a football player, then let's move him along and get some assets in return and move forward. But this is ridiculous. So I, I think I'm mistaken. I think when they got to the third and one, that was the play where St. Brown like caught the ball. His knees weren't down. He broke a tackle. He got upfield. And then they went into some crazy review. And I couldn't tell if they said his knee was down initially or if they said they got the spot wrong and he was down one yard short of the, the stick. I, I couldn't tell. It was just horrible by the refs and the way they explained it on TV. But I think that was the play before this third and one where – you know, they, they run a play, Jared Goff like goes ahead and, and and chucks it down the right sideline. You go back, you see the replay, like DJ Chark just beats his man absolutely clean off the line of scrimmage. He throws his hand up like, I got him, just throw it to me, and this is a touchdown. And, and Jared Goff throws a wobbly back shoulder, basically like out of bounds, not even catchable, like... I I just don't understand. Now you go to all the after the play stuff where they're like, oh, I, it was a miscommunication or I thought he was going to do something else. You saw what he did. He got his man roasted, toasted, and extra crispy right off the line. He was an easy touchdown if you throw the ball deep where he can go get it and the defenders left in the dust. Don't don't tell me oh because pre-snap it was supposed to be this or I was thinking this. Do you can you see? Do you have eyes? It was pretty easy to see that the guy was beat his man. All you had to do was throw it up top. And I'm just tired of of this quarterback always coming up short on these deep throws. I mean, stop trying to throw to areas or or just think what you thought you saw and throw the ball to the guy in your color jersey and let him make a play ridiculous it was a horrible throw by Jared Goff I don't care if it was supposed to be pre-snap back shoulder the the receiver beat his man and you're supposed to be the the ultimate game changer 30 million dollar quarterback throw it 30 40 yards down the field and let your speedster go get it and win the game so they they clunk up that play I'm not gonna let you blame it on DJ Chark it's on Jared Goff and that's just plain and simple I mean it just is what it is at that point so you know I I guess I was more in the mode of maybe then go pick up the first down and bleed the clock and then try to win the game. But if you can't, then kick a field goal. Like, to to miss that play and then kick a 51-yarder seems shaky to me. But sure enough, they made it. I mean, 
You know, you got all the SOL fans that were, oh, 23 seconds is a lot of time. The Lions will, you know, all that garbage. And, and sure enough, you know, for some reason with 23 seconds left, it randomly happens, but it, it, it happens when the best quarterbacks and the best players make plays. That's what happened here. I mean, Josh Allen threw an absolute laser beam 40 yards down the field between three players, Kirby, Kerbo tried to curb stomp it and missed it by a half millimeter. Steph Diggs caught it, rumbled through a couple weak tackles. Next thing you know, they were in field goal range, booted, beat us at the buzzer. And and, and the most frustrating part was I looked back thinking, man, this is kind of exactly what I told my grandpa I wanted. Like they played solid, didn't embarrass themselves, hung with a great team, showed that they can continue to stack on these three wins they've done. Um, you know, did some good things in the past game, did some good things defensively, did some good things running the football. And I was so pissed after this game. I was so annoyed. Like, you cannot lose a ball game like that at the end where you're – this is Dan freaking Campbell. This guy that goes for it all the time. Now you're playing – trying to hold for field goals? Now you're sitting here, like, giving a, them a chance and playing zone defense with Will Harris who can't cover anyone? How many times do I got to say that? How many times do Lions fans have to see Will Harris get absolutely roasted all over the football field, yet they still love him? Oh, he's he, He's a good tackler. Oh, he's an athlete. Oh, he's he's grimy. He can't cover anyone. It's embarrassing. So, you know, to have Will Harris on digs and for him to be playing zone and for nobody to be on this player, let him get a 25-yard free release um, was just inexcusable in my opinion. I just put on Twitter, you can't lose that way when you're the Lions. You can't give a game away with 23 seconds. Had you got the overtime, you at least give yourself a chance to win if you really want to do something big. And I feel like the Lions did this. They tried to to have onions. They tried to steal this ball game with that third and one deep ball. But Jared Goff can't throw to the guy who's wide open and put the nail in anybody's coffin. He's the reason that we ended up giving this ball back and losing this ball game with that one throw. Don't go back and tell me all the good things he did in the second quarter. Don't tell me, oh, it was this guy's fault. or this. That throw was a game winner if you put it on him, and he didn't. But the fact that the defense didn't tighten up and gave it away without even getting overtime was annoying, inexcusable, embarrassing, frustrating. Gosh, it was one of those where it's just like, you, you had them beat. You had them beat. That would have been a huge dub, and, and you absolutely gave it away. So it is what it is. You guys all saw it. Hopefully, this is another proof of the Lions. Before I get, I'll get to my Jags preview here at the end. Like, come back out and show me. You put that one behind you and go stomp someone and get back on the win, winning track. That's what I want to see. But uh, before we get to our commercial break, man, I just want to talk about the Rams real quick. I want to talk about Matt Stafford real quick. I want to talk about our draft pick that's heading to the Detroit Lions real quick. And, and here's the thing. Everybody at this point is usually, you know, the last five plus ten, however long it's been years. Everyone's looking at the draft board. Everyone's doing the debate. Should they win games? Should they, you know, enhance their draft pick? And this year, the Rams are doing it for us. The Rams continue to lose. The Rams are looking terrible. The Rams, just like I said on this podcast, are a tire fire because 
the salary cap, the injuries, the lack of offensive line. It's all catching up to them in spades, and they are just terrible right now. So the Rams are now picking number three overall. That pick will go to the Detroit Lions. If they continue to lose, that could go up to number two, which would secure us either Bryce Young or Will Anderson. Like, that's the ultimate scenario. I feel like this is only going to get better because they, I mean, they don't have Stafford. Allen Robinson is out. Aaron Donald's hurt now for multiple weeks. I mean, I don't see how that team's going to win ball games. It is the NFL, so like every week you look up at the scoreboard and you're like, really, that team won? How, how, how'd that team win? Would that team beat that team? What? Like, so, I mean, they could stumble into a couple dubs, maybe. But I don't think so. I think they may lose all these ball games or maybe win one more. And if this pick could get to number two, I think Logan Lamrandier from Sports Illustrated All Alliance says, I want a top two pick. And the reason he does is because you get one of those two studs I just mentioned. Either one is tremendous for the Detroit Lions uh, future going forward. And that that would just that's just such a luxury. The Lions can continue to win, continue to build, continue to play their young players. Know they have basically a top five pick in their back pocket thanks to the trade by Big Bad Brad, aka Brad Holmes. I think he's called someone calls him always open for business. <laughs> Brad Holmes. We we know he's somewhere right now rubbing his big meat hooks together, just looking at his draft board, smiling um, and excited to uh, who he's going to get with that draft pick. But, I mean, however it shakes out, I mean, gosh, you, you heard all the haters when that trade went down. Oh, it's going to be too late picks. And what'd you really get? You got a couple second round. Like, I mean... So far, I mean, Ify Melifonwu has not done much, if anything, because he's just somehow injured every week. And even when he's healthy, I never see him on the football field. So that third-round pick we got has not really done much, but could still be good. We'll see. Uh, last year, we basically took the 32 pick and turned it into 12 for not much and got Jameson Williams. Um, Jared Gossman more than serviceable at quarterback. And now we're going to take the number two pick, hopefully, from me as well and and add an absolute stud. So what, what a trade by Mr. Brad Holmes and company. So everybody can root for that. Thank you, Matt Stafford. We appreciate the parting gift. You can thank us later for that uh, Super Bowl that you got. And uh, all is well for both teams. Um, th- that That is a really fun thing to see to come for, to fruition that uh, that pick's going to be so glorious and, and so tremendous for, for the team. So everybody drink that in, would you? Drink it in, man. Let's, uh, let's do this. Let's keep the show tight. Let's get our commercial break in here and uh, come back. I want to talk J-Mo. I want to talk Kool-Aid Hotline. I want to talk Jags Lions preview. Get that score prediction and, and so much more here on the show. So everybody, I'll be right back. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13.
All right, everybody. This goes out to my fantasy football fans out there. Now, you probably heard about Reality Sports Online, the most powerful fantasy sports platform where owners can build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? I mean, we're talking free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades. You could put franchise tags on guys. Uh, It's as close as you're going to get to being an NFL GM. But do you think it sounds complicated? It's not. I'm here to tell you it's the best thing about Reality Sports Online is it's just more fun than your normal fantasy league, but it doesn't take barely any more time. After all this, are you still not sure? I mean, come on now. You can test your general manager skills by going over to Reality Sports Online, call it RSO. Please go check out realitysportsonline.com right now. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. All right, Kool-Aid drinkers, back from the break. Thank you so much for listening to the show, checking out our sponsors, all you generous folks that donate to the show to keep this thing rolling, and um, I appreciate it more than you know. And real quick, before we get into JMO and all the other topics I want to get into, I I just want to say this real quick. Like You guys know me by now. Like I do this show for fun. I do this show because I love the Lions. I do this show um, try to entertain you. I do this show um, because it's enjoyable to do. And the reason it's enjoyable is like I really don't want to come on here. I know I could get uh, more sponsors, more listeners, more pub by like bringing on beat writers, by bringing on you know people from NFL media. I I realize all that, but what I have the most fun doing is kind of just being the voice of the people. And the people consist of the millions. <laughs> Like, I I like chopping it up with Joey Christopoulos. I like bringing my buddy Chops on the show. I like when I used to get to talk to Stefan, the king of all bros. I like being able to have a guy on like I had back in the day, Paul Jackson, who loves the Lions down in Tampa. I enjoyed bringing on Aaron Bullock, AB. I like talking to, um, you know, just all the all the great um you know folks that have come on the show and, and i i bring them on because i just know they're genuine people they love the lions easy to talk to no drama you know what i mean and uh i you know kp from real deal sports talk you you got my boy cornbread jerry you guys know who he is cornbread jerry from north carolina that's Cornbread Jerry from North Kakalaki. Like I had him on last week and and that was more that was just something cool to do. I mean that he's just a good dude. He calls up sports radio. I was like, Cornbread, just come on the show. We'll talk lines. So like I know there's so many more of you out there that I love to just find time to 
get you on the show, hear your story about why you love the Lions, do some fun segments. You know, it's we're all crazy busy and it's a it's a bit hard to do, but I'm hoping I can get more people on. I mean, I know there's people on Twitter like Arthur who likes to argue with me about stuff. It'd be fun to have him on, man. It'd be it'd be fun to get Kyle Dahmer on the shows. You know, for some reason, a a fan of you know that team. Hey, listen, Ohio State sucks. <laughs> I mean, so that that's a good reason I I probably can't have him on, but I probably should have him on now because I could just rip on him the whole show for my team beating his team. Um, gosh, you know, Bo DeFrisco. I mean, where's he been at? We got to get him rolling on here, talking some lines at some point. Like, like I said, it's just hard to do because my schedule is jammed up. So usually getting with some of these guys and getting somebody on the show, you know, Steve from Cali has been hitting me up on the Kool-Aid hotline, 989-272-3484. I need to get back to him, you know, um, gosh, there's just so many good listeners to the show. I can't even name them all. Frank Ribble. Frank is all over Twitter still. And Frank, I got a bone to pick with you because you told me to play your boy from BYU uh, at quarterback. He said he's so great. He said the Lions should take him. You know what I did? I put him in my college fantasy lineup. You know what he did? He got hurt in the third quarter. He went out of the game. He didn't return. You know what I you know what happened, Frank? I lost by, I don't know, 0.7 points. Because all he had to do was get, I don't know. Five more yards rushing or passing and I win my championship. But no, your boy had to go out with an ankle injury and he cost me. Yeah, I'm never going to let you live that down. Go Blue Lexi. You know what it is. Um, all day, every day, repping those Michigan Wolverines and, and our Lions. No question. Um, you know, there's just so many good people out there. So I, I'm i going on and on. But what I'm really saying is like I love doing this show for those genuine Lions fans. Those people that like to laugh. They love the team. They love when I go on some rants. They enjoy the gimmicks, the sounds. It's much more enjoyable for me to make a show for you guys and to have some of you guys on when we can than to sit up here and do the same old interviews with the same old people talking about the same old stuff in the same old way. Like, no, I, I don't want to do that. Like, you know, will the show evolve, you know, as it goes? Will I maybe get into some other shows when I'm trying to do this more full time? Yeah, that could happen, but hopefully I'll always be able to stay true to the way I've always liked doing the show, which is um, getting genuine people on that like the team, know the team, and uh, and doing it that way rather than um, you know going the old uh, corporate route or you know everybody else out there trying to be bigger than they are at times or taking themselves too serious. And shout out to Jeff Risden, man. Uh, I, I listen to his pod sometimes, and I just always think, man, what a genuine dude. The guy has strong takes, good opinions. He's off the wall sometimes, but he's just him, and I like that a lot. He's he's very entertaining, and uh, I just like his approach. He, he does a lot of great stuff on Lions Wire and all the different platforms, but when he does this pod, man, he has fun. He loves the Lions. He has strong opinions, and, and he, he tries to entertain you as well. So I always enjoy his approach to things. But Cornbread Jerry, thank you so much for making time. Thank you for everybody that listened to it. Uh, Brian Eyes, where you at? We're going to have to get you on the show sometime, and you can holler at each other because you're already you know, getting your draft takes and whatnot out there, and, and that always makes me laugh to see uh, the guys you love and hate and the reasons why. It's it's hilarious to me, and and. And it's uh, that's going to be a big thing. It's going to be a big offseason. Maybe the biggest offseason in the history. 
of the Detroit Lions. Uh, you guys might have heard me say that a uh, time or two. Drink it in, man. Corn, cornbread. Um, all right, let, let, let's get into this. Let, let me get into this JMO rant, this JMO hype real quick. And, and here's the thing. Everyone has absolutely overhyped this guy. I mean, everybody is, you know, the whole take is, I just can't wait to see James. I can't wait till Jamo hits the field. Man, this team's going to be dynamic with Jamo. Like, that's been the, the thing for, since they drafted the kid. And week after week, I mean, I was hoping he was going to be out there by week four or earlier. Like, then I thought it was Thanksgiving, and here we are in week 13, and... You know, we might not see him this week. It sounds like it's going to be the Minnesota game, maybe. So, the rant is, uh, all this overhyping and excitement has now turned into, well, what do you really expect him to do? I mean, do you really expect him to even play more than three games? I mean, really? He probably won't even catch 15 balls all year when he actually does play. They're going to take it slow. I mean... So the hype has now turned into everybody downplaying this player, acting like you got to take it easy. Oh, I don't know if he can handle it. I don't know if he'll be ready. I don't know if he can really make plays. Like, so my rant is that, no, we're not going to downplay this player. Play it up. Enjoy it. Get excited. Don't pull down the expectations. Don't. Don't babysit this guy. Don't put him in bubble wrap. Don't act like, ah, maybe he comes out, he'll play 10 snaps a game. No. When Jameson Williams is healthy, medically ready, and once he gets his legs under him, whatever that means to Dan Campbell and the coaches, unleash him. Let him go. I mean, you guys hear me say it about Hutch all the time. Unleash Hutch. <laughs> Let J-Mo, like, side rant, like, you know, I'm trying to get the hashtag JMO fast going on Twitter. And, and the reason is because JMO fast. <laughs> and, and when we see him make plays and score touchdowns, you could just look at your friend and go, JMO fast. <laughs> he, he's so fast. <laughs> hashtag JMO fast. Um, you know, it just sounds like it should be a workout program too, or like a diet. And you on that JMO fast or what? <laughs> There's so many layers to it, but hashtag JMO fast. Um, I'm trying to get that going because uh, any tape you see, any plays you see, once this guy is wearing a Detroit Lions uniform, hashtag JMO fast, <laughs> real fast. Um, I think that's what we're going to be saying. But my point is like, I don't see why after a game or two that he's not being a dynamic piece on offense. I heard the radio saying over under 14 catches for the year once he starts playing. That's like two a game. I'm pretty sure Jameson Williams is going to be better than two plays a game when he hits the football field. Go back and watch his film. Watch what this guy does. Watch how he runs away from people. Watch the swag he has. Watch how much he loves the game. This isn't a guy you have to put out there and I wonder if his conditioning will be okay. I wonder if he's got his legs under him. Jared Goff was quoted as saying, man, he hasn't played football in how long? Nine months? 
doesn't matter. I haven't rode a bike in 15 years. I could probably jump on one tomorrow and be fine, right? It's that simple. Like, this guy's going to be a dynamic offensive weapon when he hits the field day one. I don't care. I hope the coaches don't play him, uh, you know, 10 snaps and then 25 snaps. I hope they're just like, hey, if you're going to wear the uniform, we're going to put you out there um, and give you the football and throw it deep to you. Whether Jared Goff will hit it or not is a big question mark. But I'm just telling everybody, dive into the hype. Get excited. Don't fall into the sense of security where, oh, I've, I've, I feel like I've overhyped him. So now i got to act like this is some fifth round no name that, uh, oh, maybe we'll get something out of him. Or, oh, maybe and maybe we should take it slow because maybe next year, uh, maybe maybe in a year and a half, two years, then you'll get to see what this guy has. No. When this guy hits the football field, he's going to be not only fun to watch, he's going to be productive, dynamic, exciting, and there's no reason to run him out there in like four sets, you know, for for ten total snaps in a game. The, the DeAndre Swift plan, I guess we could call it. Uh-uh. This guy's coming out when he's ready. He's going to be running snaps. He's going to be running deep. He's going to be dancing. He's going to be loving his teammates. He's going to be impacting the game on offense. I I just love everything about him. So all these shows you hear now that are backing off, and I don't know what we're going to get. Should he even play? What's he really going to do when he gets out there? He's going to be J-Mo. That's what he's going to do. And it's going to be ultra fun to watch so anybody that's excited and people around you are trying to like oh you know probably won't do much probably you won't see him out there too much no continue to get excited i think you could see him against the jaguars as a surprise if not minnesota the game after i i don't want to say unleash him because that's already been gimmicked and, and set up on this show so you need we need to find something else but just hashtag jmo fast on twitter and know that jmo fast and Jamo's going to be fast, and Jamo's going to be fun to watch, and uh, just get excited about it. So that's the rant. Um, I already shouted out everybody that I wanted to, and, and went down that big monologue about how much I just love all the Kool-Aid drinkers, the people that support the show, and love getting some of you guys on here and talking ball with you, and, and letting you drink some of that Detroit Kool-Aid, and, and um, serve it up for the people. Um, I, I just want to real quick... Um, Gosh, we are heading to the Detroit Kool-Aid Cast Fantasy League playoffs. And right now, unfortunately, Kyle, that reps that team from down south that was recently vanquished. Ohio State is vanquished! Is actually the number one seed heading into the playoffs as projected. You got the number two seed struggling less um, down there at the number two seed. The three seed, my buddy Luke. Florida Sparty. He's been Florida Sparty in every fantasy league uh, I've ever done with him. Um, not the most creative when it comes to the team names. Uh, why he likes the Spartys, I'll never know. I think he went there, but that's still no excuse. And uh, But he knows football, and he's always in there competing. He's going to be deep in the playoffs in my other fantasy league as well. In the four slot, you got DET above all. Um, he's going to be going up against the number five seed, which is myself, fantasy football flavor. The sixth seed, we got the Honolulu Blue Kool-Aid Drinker. And seventh seed, we got Three-Step Drop. And 
coming in at the eighth seed, the final team to make the, the playoffs that actually count in the Detroit Kool-Aid Cast Drink It In League. Boston kegs, eggs, and legs. So um, really appreciate everybody having fun in that league and, and, and talking it up and putting in lineups and competing. Um, it's just something we do fun on the side. Let's me get to know everybody a little bit more as well as just uh, have some fun competition and uh, of course i'm always trying to win those and, and again i'm not gonna go on a huge rant i know you guys don't care about my fantasy leagues but i swear this has been one of the most frustrating years because i started out real well i've just had injury itis i know nobody else oh, excuses everyone has injuries like look at some of my 32 team you know crazy deep leagues i do my whole team's on the ir i swear i don't even have functional quarterbacks uh, on, on some of these teams like my other leagues you know even the leagues i'm doing well in like i'm in second i can't get first place i'm losing big matchups that i gotta win i'm losing by half point i'm losing by point seven frank ribble that would have cost me a championship if i didn't play your quarterback you told me to play like I'm just having a real frustrating fantasy league year. As fun as it is, I love making my teams. I still think i got great squads for now and in the future. But this year, I swear, the injury bug, my lack of knowing who to play on what week, me coming up short, me not being able to cash in titles is really getting to me. There's been multiple weeks where I just looked at the screen and said, I hate fantasy football, but I love it so much. Um, it, that's basically where I'm at with all that. So, like I said, I won't get into it any more than that. But uh, I'm sure some of you are out there with me super frustrated but also still trying to compete we're getting to the playoffs we'll see how it all shakes out it really doesn't matter like we all want to win every week but really once every year t- league kicks in the playoffs that's really the only time your team really needs to show up and sometimes you know you're going to lose because you're just looking and your best players are hurt at the most important positions but hey if you got a pretty good roster and you've been struggling for a couple weeks like you might just get hot come the playoffs and cash in a championship so you know there's there's always hope when it comes to the playoffs anybody can be anybody for the most part speaking of that let's get to Jaguars lines um you, you know here's the funny thing this is another game where i think a lot of lions fans again i most of the time here on this show i'll always give you a lions dub because that's kind of what i do and that's what i'd rather do than than give you some analytical approach about uh, all the stuff that bores you to death or, or tell you why you know predict every week the lions aren't going to win i mean who wants to do that really drink it in man. we're talking cornbread here on the show cornbread and kool-aid drink it in man. So- that that's why i have fun with the score predictions the hype which i may or may not do at the end of the show it probably will um but like you know other most lions fans are all everyone's all buttered up after winning three games and and this that and the other looking up oh, jaguars like you know that's a w well, we should beat them everyone's looking at the schedule oh we, we we should run the table or hey you know who who are we gonna lose to? Who, who who the lions gonna lose to and uh, I'm with you with all that those Kool-Aid takes and think, yeah, the schedule sets, sets up nicely. As I said previously, there's no reason that they shouldn't be able to, um, you know, go ahead and, and, and take out some teams. Um, but there's no there's no there's no gimmies. There's no easy wins in the National Football League. They're, they're always close. They're always good for the most part. Um, I still think this is a tough matchup. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, you got Marv Jones over there. You've got uh, Christian Kirk's been real good this year. Travis Etienne is a dynamic talent with ultra speed on the offensive side of the football defense. They've been adding young players that I like in the draft. 
multiple years now on defense. You know, you got Lloyd there at linebacker. You got Cisco on the back end. I, I can't remember if he got hurt recently or not. You know, you, you've got some, you, you got Trayvon Walker, who thank goodness they took so we could get Hutch on the Detroit Lions. Unleash Hutch. I mean, that's paying off in spades. I mean, everybody in Jacks, well, you know, Trayvon's got, yeah, it doesn't matter. Hutch is in Detroit. Tremendous. Everyone loves it. Everyone realizes now that that was the pick all along. We've been saying it on this show for months. It happened. It's been glorious. Um, You know, it's, you just look at this game and you're kind of like, you know, they're pretty good on both sides of the ball. It's not a world beater. Yeah, they beat Baltimore last week in a comeback victory. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence is probably playing with the most confidence he's had as a professional at this point. But, I mean, is a team that, that kind of mirrors who the Lions are. They're, they're young. They've got some vets. But they're trying to figure themselves out as well. So, it's in Ford Field. I feel like this is a fun, you know, matchup. It's one of those games too that are good because you can go into it being like, "Hey, they, they, so there are some games I go into at least I'm like, man, we're gonna have to really play our best. We're gonna have to have some breaks to either be in this game or have a chance to win it. This feels like a team you can just come in and play ball against. You know, they don't really do anything that ultra scares me. Uh, but like I said, I I don't see them getting rolled over either. So this is just a fun Sunday at 1 o'clock matchup in Ford Field. Lions-Jaguars, you're hoping, you're thinking, you're you're kind of predicting that the Lions should be able to handle them, but they're going to have to play good on both sides of the football. So, you know, it's you would love to see a John Dre Swift breakout game. You really would. Um, you know, DJ Chark, again, is getting a lot of hate, a lot of, oh, he's, he's, he's one and done here in Detroit. It's definitely a guy I'd like to bring back. If they could at the right price, I think he's been open a lot this year. I think he's you know, that injury scared me off, but he's back off that ankle. So, you know, that's a good thing. He's got a lot of traits and skills that I look for. So, you know, I'd like to see some more things from him. You know, a lot of our guys are healthy when you're talking about you talk about Saint, our newfound tight ends, O-line getting healthy with Jonah Jackson coming back. Um there's a lot of good things for the Lions on the offensive side of the ball. And then you're just seeing growth again from guys like Kirby, guys like Derek Barnes. You know, Okuda should be back and rolling. Um, this is a very healthy matchup, it feels like, for the Lions where they're getting their guys back. And, and if they can take care of business and then have Minnesota coming in the following week with hopefully J-Mo and Romeo uh, coming back, that'd be really fun. But uh, just speaking of this ball game, I think it's going to be – Gosh, like I, like I say, I I'm with I'm with folks just saying like Lions, take care of your business, like you know, play really solid. I I I think this is winnable. I think you're healthy enough. I think you have enough confidence, and I think you need to take care of a team like this, regardless of if they come out and play well or if they, um, you know, have confidence on their side. So when it comes to a score prediction, how this one's going down, I got 31 for the Lions. 21 for the Jaguars. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a 10-point Dubsky right there. And the reason I think so is I feel like our offense pops off. I feel like we either get some really dynamic plays in the run game. I could see Jared Goff have another solid game. And I also see our defense 
continuing to play solid and with swagger. So you get offensive uh, production and get defense that plays solid and maybe creates a couple turnovers. That's just an ultra solid win from start to finish for the Lions. I love to see them get up early. I love to see them be up at half. I love to see them come out in the third quarter and, and add on. And I love to see them coast to a 10-point victory against the Jaguars. I think that would put Lions fans at ease, thinking, all right, we won three. We lost a heartbreaker on Thanksgiving. We came back and cruised against the Jaguars. We took care of business. Now, like I said before, are any games easy? No, but if I'm giving you a 10-point win, that just means you played solid in all facets and took care of your business. And I feel like the Lions can do that against this opponent with the way they're playing, with their swagger, with them getting healthier and everything that's going into this one so everybody get excited about jmo get excited about this football team get real excited that we got cap space we've got possibly a top two selection thanks to matt stafford and the la rams get excited that we also have another first round pick two second round picks two third round picks did i mention cap space did i mention we're gonna go get some free agents drink it in everybody drink it in uh... side of cornbread cornbread make it a double cornbread and i'll catch you next week right here on the detroit kool-aid cast take care everybody i'm out Drink it in, man.